0: Hey folks, we've been doing this podcast for over two years now and uh, you probably don't know, but we're on
1: Patreon. That's right. If you head to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out all the different tiers we have. And uh, if you wanted to support us, you can chuck in a dollar a month to the Human Fund, Money for People, i.e. us, and uh, that will continue helping us do what we do which is talk about the secondary characters from Seinfeld each week that's right yeah uh, so if you are a supporter thank you and if you've thought about it thank you and uh, if you want to support us thank you
0: yes patreon.com forward slash b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c happy podcasting I think I can sum up the show for
1: you with one word nothing Nothing? Nothing. What does that mean? (laughs) The show is about
0: nothing. But I don't want to be a secondary character.
1: Hello! Hello! And welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We are a Seinfeld podcast where we take a random Seinfeld episode and examine the secondary characters from it. I am one of your hosts, Stephen. And I'm the other
0: host, Ivan.
1: And uh, today we are talking about the, I guess you would say the true start, at least in terms of storyline or narrative. Uh, Of Season 4, The Pitch. Yes, the very
0: beginning of all those story arcs and uh, different characters that we see throughout the course of Season 4. It was good because uh, I find Season 4 to be like my favourite of all the seasons because it's just like one big story across all those episodes.
1: Yeah, other than the Susan storyline, it's probably the only uh, season of Seinfeld with a uh, an arc that goes all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. a
0: lot of characters uh, make their debut in this episode as well. Yeah, so, they do. Uh, and yeah.
1: we'll talk about a few of those. We'll yes. be talking about, uh, amongst others, Russell Dalrymple, who yes. debuts in this episode. Uh, Crazy Joe DiVola, one of uh, Seinfeld's <laughs> many
0: enemies. Yes, we'll touch on him. We have already spoken about him in uh, Jerry's Enemies episodes. That's
1: right. We'll also be talking about Susan Ross, who makes, again, her first appearance in this episode. Mm-hmm. We'll also be talking about uh Stu Kermack, I think his name is
0: Yeah, uh Stu Sharmak and Charmack. Uh,
1: Jay Crespi. Jay Crespi, yeah. the yeah. NBC executives who uh Approach Seinfeld for his show. That's and right. And a couple of others like Dr. Reston. Yes, uh, that's and right. And maybe even Newman. Maybe
0: even Newman, yeah. A very young Wayne Knight in this episode. That's right. Yeah, he was just so young, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, he's weird. Yeah. He's like bigger and younger. Yeah, bigger and younger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can email B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on social media. All the links uh, to those are in our show notes. That's right. And you can support us on Patreon. So if you want to chip in a few bucks a month, you can get some extra content every fortnight where you might review a movie or go through a list or whatever we feel.
0: Yeah, whatever we feel. Something usually Seinfeld related. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, And if you don't like the commitment, uh, you can donate to us rather on PayPal uh, for a one-off donation. So those links are in the show notes if you are interested. So any dollar helps and uh, it helps keep the show going. That's
1: right. And if you want to support us but don't want to uh, spend any money, You can leave a review for this episode and any past episodes of the podcast on whatever podcast service you choose to listen to. Uh, It really helps out. So, if you want to do that, that would be amazing.
0: Yeah. And we have received a review recently on Apple Podcasts, which is a five-star review from the United States. So, uh, if that was you, thank you very much. Yeah. No, No, we we really
1: appreciate appreciate that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you take the time, then, uh, yeah, two thumbs up from us. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) Two two big thumbs up. All right, mate. Seinfeld-isms. So, where the intersection of Seinfeld and real life happen. Uh, So, what happened to you this week? In a life.
1: Well, it didn't happen to me. It was something I saw, I guess. Uh, there's a well-known, well, becoming more well-known Melbourne band called Amel and the Sniffers. Oh, that yeah, sounds
0: pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I was trying to find band. the right adjective. I was like, mm, pretty mm, intriguing, intriguing. Yes. Yeah. No, the they sniffers. are
1: sniffers. Yeah, Amel and the Sniffers. So, All right. they're a pretty cool band. They're like a throwback rock and roll, almost like ACDC okay, yeah, sort yeah. of band. They, yep. If you if you see a picture of them, you swear that they're from 1983. They wear like short shorts and they've all got mullets. And, oh yeah. yeah Does one of them
0: wear a school uniform like Angus? <laughs> yeah. <quite. laughs>
1: That's about the only thing they're missing. Yeah,
0: school uniform, three sizes, you know, too small.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <for> their, <body>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, their clothes are too small but they're not school uniforms. Okay, sure. Uh, I follow their singer, I can't remember her name, on Instagram because she's just a bit of a personality. She's Pretty funny. Bonnie Scott. Bonnie Scott. But she's still alive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she didn't choke to death on booze in a car. That's right. Uh, Or, sorry, on vomit from booze in a car. (laughs) Yes. She posted a photo of her foot and it's covered in tattoos. And one of the tattoos says, giddy up. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, it's more of a... Observational Seinfeldism. Cool. Um, it technically happened to her, but that's yeah. all I got this week. What hey, about that's you? good
0: enough. Um, no, nothing for this week. Nothing unfortunately. for you.
1: Yeah, damn.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, Seinfeld news. You only have one item this week, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: a single one. So, well, we've kind of got some late news. Uh, a couple about a month ago it was Jason Alexander's birthday, and we forgot to actually wish him happy birthday. So, yes, he happy did birthday, turn. Si- Jason.
0: Yeah, happy birthday. He did turn sixty. Uh, and Richard Hurd, who plays
1: Wilhelm, had his birthday recently.
0: He's uh, I forgot his actual age, but he's in his eighties. That's right. Yeah, so good for him.
1: Yeah, I think we need to lock ourselves in the vault as punishment for forgetting two very important birthdays. <laughs> oh, that's okay. At
0: yeah. least we remembered them. So yeah, we did. Fine. Yeah,
1: Better late than never. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so the official Seinfeld news I have, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I think it was three episodes ago, I reported that Larry David was uh, recruited to narrate a book called Fuck, Now There Are Two of You. Mm. Which is the latest book by an author named Adam Mansback. Uh, it's actually available now. It's uh, available digitally. And you can actually go on YouTube and check out a minute or so long video of David in the studio recording um, the <laughs> book. And it's hilarious because Larry yeah. David's just hilarious anyway. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and you see him sort of doing a few takes and making a few mistakes and getting a bit of direction from whoever the producer is. Uh, yeah, so check oh, it out. So, I think it's fun. available uh, on Kindle and yeah. Amazon and, you know, anywhere you get books, yeah. physical or digital. So, yeah. Any of those
0: big conglomerates, you can get them from there. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. if you... Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't have anyone to buy this book for or to read it to because uh, I don't have any children in my immediate life but uh-huh. uh, if you have kids and you buy this book and you read it for them or you read it for yourself let us know what it is yeah please or how it is I should say yeah and um, try
0: and, and try and um, read it in Larry David's voice yeah that'd be cool yeah, yeah send us cool. a voice recording or something that'd oh, be yeah, really please, fun please. yeah but yes. if you don't
1: want to do that just uh, let us know how it is. We, Yeah, is I'd uh, I'd be really keen to find out you know what what it's like give
0: us a five star review like our
1: podcast of the book <laughs>
0: that's it yes. yeah and that's all the news for the week. Cool. Nice and easy. Then we got those ones out of the way pretty quick. Um, so what do you reckon? We'll get into a, a small plot about the pitch. Yep. Now, you're probably wondering that the pitch and the ticket are technically one episode, an hour long, but uh, through syndication, they are two separate episodes. So uh, we thought about it. We thought, should we do the pitch and the ticket in the one episode or just split them up? But uh, we thought, you know, let's just do the pitch this week and we're going to do the ticket next week.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, even though it is one continuous long episode, just sort of cut right down the middle, uh, there are distinct parts of each episode, so it's worth doing individually as well.
0: Yeah, and we'll separate the secondary characters from the pitch and the ticket. So, the pitch is Season 4, Episode 3 of Seinfeld, first aired in the United States on September 16th, 1992, directed by Tom Sharones and written by Larry David. So he's done audio books and, uh, and episodes of the show. Of and a many talents. Yeah, indeed. Uh, after finishing his stand-up act at the Improv, uh, Jerry is approached by two men from NBC who say they'd like him to think, uh, to think rather about a TV show based on his stand-up routine. Uh, they're called Stu and Jay. They're played by Kevin Page and Peter Blood, respectively. George suggests several ideas to him and then comes up with the answer. He should do a show about nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
1: You've got to emphasise that. mm, Nothing. Nothing. And you've got to do the little. The hand motion. The little. He he presses his uh, index finger and thumb together and he's like, nothing. Nothing. He emphasises that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. NBC has a bit of trouble with the idea, but George takes a liking to one of the executives, Susan, and she makes her debut. She's played by Heidi Swedberg. Kramer, meanwhile, swaps his radar detector with Newman for his helmet. He doesn't tell him it doesn't work, leading Newman to get a speeding ticket, which leads on to next week's episode. Does that even work? Nah. <laughs> that didn't work. Out. I love that so it's much. It's funny. I was driving down this expressway. Yeah. And my radar detector didn't go off. And I saw the fuzz
1: behind me. <laughs> the fuzz. Who the should fuzz. I see behind me? The fuzz. The fuzz.
0: <laughs> um, Jerry just happens to mention that to Joe D'Avola, he's played by Peter Crombie who also makes his debut, that Kramer is having a party. He doesn't take the fact that Kramer failed to invite him very well and uh, he kicks Kramer in the head off screen. Mm. And the helmet that Kramer took from Newman or swapped with him actually saved his life, inadvertently.
1: Still got some brain damage, but uh, he didn't die.
0: Temporary brain damage, which affects him in the Short-term memory loss. Short-term memory loss, that's right, uh, which we'll talk about next week. Uh, Other secondary characters include Russell Dalrymple. He's played by Bob Balaban making his appearance on the show and uh, yeah, once Again, Dr. Rest and the Psychiatrist, played by Stephen McHattie. Um, Yeah, many of the, or pretty much all the secondary characters today, have all made their debut on the show. Yeah. No, it's yeah. a
1: launching pad for a lot of characters.
0: Yes. There's a lot of trivia for this episode, man, but I I, I picked out like three or four of the best ones. Um, yep. So what have you got?
1: Yeah, uh, I've, I've got about 10 points, but uh, yeah, we'll just go with about five or six in total. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, the first one, and I think it's the one that I find the most interesting, is that uh, for this episode, Jason Alexander wasn't actually very happy with the idea of self-referencing, you know, Jerry's real life. Yes,
0: yeah, so he considered it, uh, quote unquote, self Angridized. Aggrandized. Aggrandized. Yeah. Agrandized. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, but obviously, uh, I mean, who knows what he thinks of it now, but, you know, I, I think it uh, helped take the show to a new level. So. Yeah, of yeah, course. I think he would have come around on it. Yeah. And man. it didn't seem too self-aggrandizing. It wasn't too arrogant. They no. were kind of taking the piss out of themselves, it's, yeah, if anything.
0: Exactly. It's really meta, too.
1: Yeah. I just, I just loved how meta it was. Yeah. Yeah. If it was sort of, uh, yeah, too self-saluting and a bit too self-referential, I could understand. But um, I'm sure, like... I can understand why he would be initially a bit uh, off the idea, but once it was... You know, written, filmed, and shown. Once you saw the episode, I think you realised. Oh, hang on, they're actually kind of mocking themselves. Yeah, of and course. mocking you know sitcoms in general and writing. So, what about yeah. writing? It's a
0: sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> what writing? It's a sitcom. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> yeah, it's a sitcom. <laughs> um, and uh, this episode uh, begins the season-long story arc of season four about Jerry and George developing the show about nothing for NBC, which eventually becomes Jerry, the show within a show. Yeah. Yes, and uh, it's based on Jerry and Larry's experiences in developing the series and. Uh, Russell Dalrymple, he's based on Warren Littlefield. He's the former president of NBC.
1: Ah, Oh, there you go. Yes. Another part of this episode that's based on real life is uh, when Kramer objects to the idea of him being a character in uh, the yet-to-be-filmed pilot, Jerry. Yeah, the the yet to be organized or written pilot. Yeah, what does what does Kramer say? It just doesn't sit well. It just doesn't sit well. <laughs> uh, there's only
0: one condition. I have to play Kramer. You no. can not
1: play Kramer. You can't
0: act. You can. Whoa. 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 I love that reaction. Whoa. Yeah.
1: I can understand coming from Jerry who can't fucking act. <laughs> he
0: can't act himself. <laughs>
1: Uh, But that was actually based on Kenny Kramer, who uh, Seinfeld Kramer is based on. That's right. Larry's a neighbor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So when Larry was talking about developing Seinfeld in real life... Uh, and that he was going to base Kramer on Kenny Kramer. Kenny uh, initially objected to it, mm. but, um, yeah, obviously he came around to it because now he runs bus tours.
0: <laughs> he does, a very popular <laughs> bus tour in New York. Yeah. Um, those posters on the wall, you know, shows like Blossom and all those ones, Stephen, uh, it was all promotional posters for NBC series for the 1992 to 1993 season. Yeah. Isn't we, that a great tie-in to promote those shows? Yeah, and Brilliant. really subtly, too. Really subtly, not yeah. Not like
1: blatant product placement, nah. not like a Michael Bay film where it's just like Budweiser right here, That's right. right in front of your face. That's right, as it. Exp- Explodes. like yeah. the bottle just goes yeah i think it was really clever actually because yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's uh distinct enough that you can see it and you go oh that's blossom yeah i remember that tv show or you know at the time oh that's a tv show i know is on mm. but it makes sense in the context of a tv studio yeah uh being NBC. Yeah. yeah really and it was clever. to promote their next Yeah, season, really clever yeah. product placement. I think. Very clever indeed. Uh my third and uh let's say final bit of trivia. Yeah. Uh yeah. Joe Devola, And we might have mentioned this in What's the Deal with Jerry's Enemies. I can't remember. Way back when. Yeah, way back when. Uh when we covered Joe Devola in a bit more Joe Divola. In a bit but, more detail. Not Debola. Debola. <laughs> Joey Bowler. <laughs> In a bit more detail, uh, he is actually named after an executive producer at NBC. No, ABC. Uh, Oh, sorry, ABC. Yeah. NBC, ABC, all Mm. these bloody channels are getting mixed up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whose name is Joe DeVola. Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure if he's crazy. I'm sure he's... Very sane and very well, very nice. He's yeah, sure executive he
0: producer. I'm sure he's half decent yeah. mentally.
1: <laughs> but he could he could have you know psychopathed his way to the top by kicking subordinates in the head. Oh maybe yeah maybe yeah. who knows if that's not true I'm sorry Joe <laughs> that's okay <laughs>
0: Would you just, we'll, don't we'll, sue us we'll give you the you know if you're going to send the defamation
1: letter you know, yeah just we'll, we'll give yeah you we'll the retract that statement you yeah. can edit it out and well, we'll re-release this podcast. No
0: from what I've learned you know that um have you heard of that YouTuber friendly Geordie's you know how he's being sued by Clive Palmer.
1: Have you heard? Of, have you
0: heard of Friendly Geordies? He's like that mm. um, comedian. But I think he's from Sydney. I the,
1: the really dry guy. He's the dry the guy, like and he's really voice. smart. Yeah, and he's not yeah. like,
0: and it's and a lot of his episodes are like political and stuff. Yeah. Clive Palmer's like sent him a lawsuit for really? defamation for calling him like. A Fatty McFuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fatty McFuckhead. So, yeah, if you know Friendly Geordies, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, you wow. can him out. But, yeah, now what I'm saying is, um, so he, he's actually produced T-shirts, like, for merch for his YouTube channel, and it says, Clive Palmer is a Fatty McFuckhead, <laughs> but it says, like, in asterisks and really small writing, In My Opinion. But he's oh, actually wow. said he's got legal advice, saying if you put In My Opinion at the end, you can't get sued.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: so you can actually wear Clive Palmer as a Fatty McFuckhead. Yep. And then as long as it has In My Opinion, underneath You can get sued. So, That's great
1: yeah. That's great Yeah But yeah That's I don't know I mean defamation Is usually a case of like You've said something That will tarnish my reputation Or is fundamentally untrue Like I'm a You know I'm a criminal Or yeah, something But yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. just calling someone names Like fat Yeah it's yeah. like That's primary school shit yeah, like, that's right I Yeah I mean All it's Clyde good. Palmer is showing that I don't know That's pretty to not be able to cop that it's like uh, yeah. know, it's pretty spineless <laughs> it's pretty you know <laughs> I don't know fatty <laughs> fucking, yeah like that to me sounds like a what a you know a nine-year-old would say to another nine-year-old like you're a you're a fatty (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) and it's like powerful billionaire yeah is i don't know that's that's just very surprising
0: yeah i I, I don't know how that turned up but there you go friendly geordies if you listen hey i'm glad (laughs) to know about that fatty (laughs) (laughs) McFucker.
1: fatty McFucker, clive palmer fatty
0: McFucker. yeah google it (laughs) in our opinion in our opinion yes in our opinion that's right uh let's have a quick break and uh, let's start and i guess we'll talk about some secondary characters from the pitch season four episode three hi this is zach and aaron from (laughs) seinfeld law And uh, you are listening to, but I don't want to be a secondary character.
1: Welcome back to, but I don't want to be a secondary character this week. We're doing the pitch. Uh, Let's talk about some secondary characters why don't we talk? Uh, why don't we start with Doctor Reston?
0: Doctor Reston, yes, he makes his debut uh, in the show, and he's in uh, four episodes of season four, uh, including next week's "The Ticket." Uh, he's played by Canadian actor Stephen McCatty. He was in the films "The Covenant," "Watchmen," and "The Fountain," and uh, he was also the narrator in the nineteen ninety eight comedy "Basketball."
1: All oh, right, yeah, yeah. I
0: it's love there, that film. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Back, well, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone just started South Park around that time, and uh, yeah, they did their feature film, and yeah, he, I, he's the narrator.
1: Have you seen the film they did before, baseball called Orgasmo? Yeah, yeah, so good, it's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am Sancho. I am Sancho. <laughs> Why D- do you think you deserve this part? Because I am Sancho. Sancho. <laughs> and what can you bring to porn? Bring to porn. I am Sancho. D- <laughs> like, okay, DVDA. That's D-V-D-A. how I knew what I, like, how I figured out what it was. Yeah, that was, that I think that was their band name as well. Yeah, that was, yeah, I know. Yeah. I won't say what it is, but no. yeah, it's Double Vag, Double N. <laughs> yes,
0: indeed. Anyway, this, this will have an explicit tag this episode, so it's fine.
1: Yeah, I think all of them do. <laughs> I think most of them Mostly because of me.
0: Yeah, mostly. No and apologies. also Fatty McFuckhead, yeah. Life Palmer,
1: in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and based on a video by a YouTuber. Even if we didn't swear, we should put an explicit tag just for saying his name. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is explicit. It's a curse word. word, Clive, Clive, Clive. Uh, Yeah, so Dr. Reston, he's quite intense. Uh, He's very serious.
0: Oh, yeah, extremely serious. And I think he really cares for his patients. Yeah. And I think he definitely not sees something in Joe, but I think he knows that Joe's like a really particular case he's got to really get on top of. Um, Yeah, because I think with Joe, yeah, he does need the regular medication and uh, for some reason he gets forgetful. Uh, and he forgets to prescribe him another, you know, another prescription of medicine. Um, and I think he feels really defeated when he's in Europe, you know, enjoying his time with Elaine. But I feel like he's, um, he's like, shit, I can't help Joe. Yeah, I and think I he's really very defeated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's part of it as well is because he cares so much about his patients and he takes his job very, very seriously. and. Their care very seriously. I think he feels really guilty for forgetting to- I think he does too, uh, yeah. Make sure that Joe has enough meds while he's away.
0: Because I, like I said before, I think Joe is like a really specialised mm. case. I think he's it's probably his most deranged, oh, I shouldn't say that about people with mental illness, but probably his most, what do you call it? Pro- at-risk. At-risk uh, patient, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, sorry. That was, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> I was trying to say it the right way. But yeah, probably his most at-risk patient would be yeah. Joe. Because Joe has like psychopathic, you know- tendencies. Homicidal yeah. tendencies if uh, he doesn't have his medication. Yeah, he's... Uh, he tries
1: to kill Jerry on the set. Yeah, in he's the very violent. Yeah, he's very violent, yeah. yeah. Or oh, he kicks Kramer in the head. For not inviting him to a party. Exactly, yeah. And he vows revenge on Jerry for no reason. That's what I think of your party. Other than he doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, he have news for you, buddy.
0: He's, you're next. You're next what? My... What did I do <laughs> to him? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> he kicked me and I, I looked up and it was Joe DiVola, and he said, that's what I think of your party. Yeah. <laughs> uh...
1: I think he is a bit of a worldly man as well. Yeah, definitely. In the in this episode he's with Elaine in Paris and Rome, which are two very, you know, picturesque, rich, culturally rich and historically rich cities. I think he uh, I don't know, kind of reminded me in a way, I guess maybe because he's a psychiatrist as well, of Fraser. Maybe oh, you right, know, okay. Fraser's a bit more uh you know, a bit more lighthearted and yeah. probably doesn't take himself as seriously. Mm. Uh, but I think he enjoys the finer things in life. Oh, I can sure imagine does. him going Fine to- Fine wine, food. Yeah, I don't imagine him going to like, you know, like pe- a lot of people who like traveling might want to go to, you know, Siberia or Bulgaria, places <laughs> that are a bit off the beaten path.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Siberia is
1: usually a common, uh, common no. destination, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I don't think he would go to intriguing places just because they're challenging and a bit different. I think he would just want to go to like London, Paris, yeah. Rome, Milan. I
0: guess cities with more culture. Yeah, and compared to yeah,
1: like more typical travel destinations as opposed to you know off the beaten path. Yeah, that's just the vibe I got. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I think he's travelled, but only within a very certain sort of uh, idea of what travel is, rather than travel for adventure, travel for cultural enrichment yeah if that makes sense yeah yeah of
0: course yeah fair enough yeah he's a very high uh very sophisticated i think so high class man yeah yeah um yeah and like i said i think yeah he's fully aware of joe's intentions um i think with other patients you know ones who are less risk or less at risk he probably would have probably he probably would still felt bad for not prescribing medication but i think with joe he knows i'm sure joe's divulged so much information, mm. you know, to him and Reston's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I better he, keep this guy in check. <laughs> yeah. He uh, is he's, a special case. He's the OG Joker. That's true. You know, because in the opera, he's dressed as uh, Pagliacci, <laughs> the clown. So he's 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 Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, true. Forget in Phoenix. You know, Peter Crombie is, uh, is true. Joker. <laughs> mm. Yeah. If you think of it that way. That's a good take. The OG to- uh, Joker. Mm, yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, anyway. But so he's psychopathic and uh, manic. Joe. Uh,
1: yeah, he's uh, Joe Joe Kerr. He's got a lot of issues. Joe Kerr. Joe. Oh, oh very, good. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. Very good. That was terrible. Joe uh, Kervola.
0: Yeah, I have to give it a Reston. Sorry. No. <laughs> terrible. I be coming up with the puns again. That's all right. Uh, anyway, now,
1: do you have anything else on Doctor Reston? No, that's really it. He. What other episodes does he appear in? Again? Uh, he
0: is in uh, f- uh f- three other episodes of season four. Mm. He's in next week's. I think he's in. Oh, jeez, what did I say? The visa. I think, and was it The Visa? The Visa,
1: and it was another episode. Yeah, the one where Kramer has to pretend... Ought to be Elaine's boyfriend. Yeah. Yes, yes. But then Kramer gets sucked into his intensity.
0: <laughs> That's right, yes. But I guess we can talk about that aspect of him in that yeah, episode. Yeah,
1: at, 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 at that time. Uh, when we cover those episodes. Yes. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the NBC executives, uh, Stu... Stu Chomak Chomak. And uh, Jay, Crispy. Uh, Jay Crispy. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Stu, he was played by actor, writer, and voiceover artist Kevin Page. Uh, he's appeared in the films Robocop, or the film Robocop, rather, and the TV shows Friday Night Lights and the 2012 reboot of Dallas. Uh, he's... Also, like Dr. Reston, he's appeared in four episodes of Season 4, as well as Season nine's the finale. Oh. Yeah. There you go. There you go. When uh, You know, when G- they get Jerry back to do the pilot again. Mm. Yeah, he's in that episode too.
1: Yep. yeah. I think uh, Stu is kind of like an experienced talent agent. Yeah. And Jay is almost like his apprentice. His apprentice. I think yeah, he's learning yeah. the ropes, because yep. Stu is the one who engages Jerry at the start. He's the one who pitches him. And Jay's uh, kind of there to observe. Joe's thing. sort of in the background yeah. and he's, you know, he chips in a bit, but he's not, Yeah, it's not, their the contribution isn't equal. Could we consider them one character then? Stu uh, and no. No, two characters? No, because yeah. they have distinct, I mean, they're always together. Yeah, they, they have. But they have distinct yeah. personalities. Yep. Um, and distinct interactions as well. So, yeah, I think Stu's like a gun talent executive. I think he's like a young rising star within NBC. And he's oh, brought, Jay or? Uh, Jay's a young rising no, star. No, Stu. Oh, Stu. Stu. Yeah, because Stu's oh. the one who talks to Jerry at yeah, the start. Yeah, he and James, pitches the idea. Yeah, Joe introduces yeah. himself. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he says much. I think he says goodbye and that's it, but he yeah. doesn't really talk to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Stu is the the gun executives who's probably brought a lot of uh, talent over to NBC. Russell and NBC. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he sees something in Jerry. I, I also had a bit of a theory that maybe, um, maybe what attracted him to jerry and then george once george you know comes into the office and has his little rant about artistic <laughs> integrity
0: you're not artistic and you have no integrity <laughs> where, did, where did that even come from you need you're a team of psychiatrists yeah yeah, yeah. In vienna.
1: i'm not talking about the 80 bucks a week people yeah <laughs> you need to go to vienna yeah we studied where by freud team. studied you have a freud study. i need a team round the, the clock having conferences <laughs> Observing you, you're observing you, like how George is just sitting there copping it, going, "Yeah, you're yeah, right." He's like, "You're right." You're I right. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, have I think Jew, uh, Jew. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think Stew. Stew. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think I got mixed up with anyway. Anyway, uh, Joe and Stew and Joe and Stew <laughs> yeah. and George and Stew. Anyway, yeah. it's yeah, a I, big stew of characters. It is. Yes. yes. Thank you. A meaty, steaky stew. Mm. Yes. Thank you for yeah getting me out of that one. That's okay. Getting me out of that pickle. That's okay. Uh, I think Stew really likes sort of outsiders and people who maybe could offer something different to the network. And yeah. he's always on the lookout for people who aren't fitting that normal sort of sitcom, you know, uh, cable uh, commercial TV vibe. Yeah. And I think he sort of – even though he doesn't know what Jerry's going to offer in terms of a show idea, I think he thinks – he's got a feeling about Jerry like, oh, maybe because he's a comedian. And
0: he he does different things. He's yeah. very observational humour. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. I, I reckon um as well, I think they've been – you know, they've had like all the generic kind of sitcoms in their repertoire for the last five, ten years. I think Jay or Stu mostly, but I guess Jay in a way, I think they both wanted something fresh. Yep. I think because even Stu says we've been talking about you as in Jerry mm. in our meetings for quite a while. Yeah. So maybe they've you know, maybe like Stu went to a club or they heard that Jerry about Jerry or saw him on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or you know, something. Yep. And they said, Oh, this guy looks pretty unique. You know, maybe we can do something with him. We like his kind of style of humour. So I think they were probably, you know, instead of getting like the same generic kind of people to do shows and do like the same generic kind of sitcoms and stuff, I think they were both after something different. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's probably parallel to real life as well. Yeah. I'd imagine, I I haven't read about how it went down, but I'm sure NBC were probably looking for something a bit left of centre. Well, we've mentioned
1: that uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the executives at NBC, probably the more uh, conservative executives, um or risk adverse executives weren't too keen on Seinfeld, but there was one guy there, like maybe a younger guy. Probably like Stu or Jay. Yeah, Yeah, like someone the equivalent of 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 Stu or or Jay Jay. sort of fought for Larry and Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when, you know, after the second season the ratings weren't that great. That's right. Whereas
0: Russell was seen as like like Russell Dalrymple was seen as a conservative executive. Yeah. 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 Because
1: he's, you know, he's very dubious of George. He's like a show about nothing. A show about nothing. What does that mean? He's like so why am I watching it? Yeah. It's on TV. Not yet. Not yet. It's such a good little cut no, down. It is. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And even uh,
0: though, even George realizes it. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good.
1: Um, yeah. So I think I think Russell uh lets Stu, um like play around a bit in terms yeah. of pitching him ideas that are a bit outside the box because I think Stu has brought some talent or some TV shows to NBC and it's paid off.
0: Yeah, and they're unique to the um, uh, yeah, network as well. So
1: Russell Russell trusts you with finding uh people that are different, but not so different as to be a disaster.
0: Do you think Stu has kind of convinced Russell that he's got to go off the beaten track to try and find different people? Or do you think, like, because I don't think Russell would be the kind of guy who'd instantly say, right, let's look at something different. I I think Russell was probably happy with this status quo, but then someone refreshing like Stu came in and Mm -hmm. was like, hey, let's do something different.
1: I think it would have taken a while for Stu to build up trust with Russell to, I think it would have been a case of Stu, you know, whenever he started at NBC or whenever their relationship started, maybe Stu talking to Russell and saying, hey, how about we just try something very slightly different, and then over time, as he's proven his, uh, you know, his instincts have proven correct, Russell has allowed him more and more Sort of off the leash or giving him more trust. Um, you know, because every time he's taken a risk, it's paid off. Yeah. But I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it would have been an initial... Uh, yeah, I think it's just taken time for Russell to get that trust in Stu. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously... 'Cause in that first meeting it's a fucking disaster. Of I mean, course George, it is. Yeah. George, George cooks ruins it. the whole thing. Yeah. It. And and Russell's not having a bar of it. And yeah, and Jerry gets so desperate that he pulls out the freaks idea that he yeah. gave him.
0: Yeah. No one wants to listen to freaks. I'm not <laughs> going to pitch an idea about freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah and, uh, yeah. and and even Jerry gets so desperate, he's like in his mentally he's grasping at straw, he's like, Shit, how are we gonna get out of this? All right, let's pull out the freaks. Yeah. I bet you that the four executives were like freaks. Yeah. Ugh.
1: I think yeah, I think Jerry would have realized, ah oh, we sort of blew it yeah. and left the meeting. And I imagine Russell would have said, Well, that was a waste of time. Thanks, Stu. And I reckon Stu and Susan as well, because George says that Susan uh was backing them yeah. and was uh supportive of them. I reckon Stu and Susan would have worn Russell down and said, no, I th- I think we should either at least give them a second meeting, which they do. Which they do, yeah. In uh, next week's episode. Um, And I reckon they would have convinced Russell to, you know, sort of put aside his, his like, doubts. Okay? Yeah, Why, yeah. You know, they cooked the first meeting. They were nervous. You know they're sort of amateurs. Let's let's try it again and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And yep. I think I think the only reason Russell listened to that was because he trusts you. Yeah, because and also has, Susan too. I think Susan, I think he yeah. has very high regard for Susan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, Russell is. And we, you know, I guess this can segue into Russell. Mm. Uh, oh well, we
0: haven't talked about Jay. Oh, um, I guess Jay and Stuart kind of like and parcel. Well, oh, yeah. Kind of I like mean, same, Jay, I Jay
1: has I think a few lines in the next episode, but. I just see him as basically Jay's like shadow. He's just sort no, of Stu's shadow shadow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, stew shadow. shadow yeah. I think he's just like almost like an apprentice. Oh, like of unofficially he's yeah, just he's I, re- learning I reckon right. Russell would have been like, Hey Jay, stew's a gun follow him around and learn from no. learn from the best. Yeah, I think Jay
0: um Jay was probably like started in like middle management or something and yeah. then he's kind of worked his way up. Yep. Um yeah, but I, I will say that Jay he was played by Peter Blunt. Um this is his only known role in acting uh, anywhere. Okay. He's got no other credits and uh, like uh, Stu he was in four episodes of the season 4 as well as the finale. Yeah. Same we'll episodes as Stu in future episodes That's as right. well. That's
1: right. So Stu and Jay basically joined at the hip. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so, I mean, Russell in this episode, there is one thing that I noticed that after George, uh, you know, says that we're not compromising and, you know, you guys, you know, this is the show and he storms out. Yeah. Russell at first is a bit like, who is this guy? Yeah. Like You're a bit of a joker. That's right. But when George storms out, I think a bit of Russell is at least intrigued because he kind of looks at the door as George storms mm. out and he looks back and he looks like he's got a bit of like, oh, that, like- that sounds not, a, not that I want yeah. to go ahead with this straight yeah, away, yeah, yeah. but that he's not completely turned off. Yeah. And maybe Stu saw that mild curiosity and like, mm. these guys are a bit weird. Yeah. Or George is a bit oh, weird. George maybe is there weird. is something there. Maybe there yeah. is some method in his madness.
0: That's probably the choice that Bob chose in acting at that scene. Maybe he yeah. thought maybe, you know, there's a bit of, you know, curiosity there. Yeah. Maybe that was just the choices he made. Yeah. I think yeah. initially
1: when George was like, the show's about nothing, Russell's probably like, who's this clown? This yeah. is ridiculous. Exactly. But- you know over in that minute or two as george was trying to explain what nothing meant you know it's he sort of understood it a bit more and when george stormed out yeah i think he was just like oh this guy's this guy's a bit weird yep. so maybe there is something there that you know, meeting always, and it's always was right there's, there's always there's always potential in that weirdness yeah
0: that meeting scene is probably one of my favorite scenes ever in seinfeld it's pretty good i love it i think it's so so well done so mm-hmm. well written and uh, yeah it's just like the characters all just bounce off each other and i love how george is like has no compromises for nothing whereas yep. jerry's like oh well it's still got to be about something you know it's like what did you get up to today to dalrymple oh, i got up and got to work that's the show there's a and show. then jerry's that's like episode, hey, show. maybe show. something happened on the way to work yeah. No, 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 no. That's it. Nope, nothing happened. Nothing happened, yeah. yeah. It's like Jerry's trying to compromise to at least try and get a picture a deal, mm. you know, and then George is like, yeah, you know, he claims he has artistic integrity, which he doesn't have. You're
1: not artistic and you don't have any integrity. Yeah, and he
0: claims he did an off-off Broadway musical. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Kachina? No. Uh, like, La Casina? La Casina. Pepe
1: the chef yeah. cooking tamale. To- he cooked on stage? No, uh, that's the thing. He mimed He mimed cooked it. tamales. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good for just like a made-up. Yeah. And I like how Jerry, he always does it, like whenever George is trying to like- Explain his way out of the lie, or like try and keep up with the lie he's created. <laughs> Jerry just makes it worse. He does. Yeah. Like, it's like was well like, the name of the chef? <laughs> yeah. And George is like, oh fuck, oh, don't shit. do this to me, Jerry. Yeah, yeah that's right. I,
0: I love. You <laughs> can getting, tell
1: Jerry's like getting off on it. Yeah, just he's, just loving it, with yeah.
0: he's loving it. He's loving it. I love. I know I'm getting a bit of a head, but in the ticket, I love when um Jay and Stu ask for a script mm. or like a, you know like a script. Of, yeah. What was of his the, reason again that he couldn't
1: find it? He couldn't find it. He moved. Oh, that's and, you right. He couldn't find the. You know, he lost it in the move or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's in the ticket. But that's that's good. I love. I love how it comes back to him in the next
1: ep. Yeah, so yeah. I I really like Stu. Yeah. I think he's a, yeah. you know, a bit of a bit of a gun executive and yeah. I think he, you know, he's he wants to change television. I think he, you know, he probably grew up in the 70s and 80s when sitcoms were very very cookie cutter. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, much like real life, he saw potential in Jerry or That's the right. show Jerry, yeah. even though it didn't uh, happen. Uh, and, you know, that's his mission. I think he wants to find people who can disrupt television.
0: And I think that they weren't, I don't think Stu and Jay were, like, fans of Jerry. I think somehow they either caught him on, like, a, a late-night talk show. Yeah, I think it was maybe, an accidental. It was an accidental discovery because, yeah. like like I said, they had been talking about him for, like, several meetings. Mm. That's probably, like, what, a few weeks' worth of meetings yeah, probably he got brought up. So yeah. maybe they were trying to find, like, you know, the next up-and-coming comedian or yeah. something. And they thought, oh, Jerry's a good fit. Yep. It works. Yep, for sure. Art imitating real life. That's
1: right. Indeed. Uh, do you have anything else about Jay or Stu? No, but yeah, we won't talk about them next week,
0: obviously, because they do basically the same thing from this episode.
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh, Who do you have, buddy? Well, the only other person I have is Newman.
0: Yeah, a very young Wayne Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I looked at him, I'm like, how young is he? He's probably, like, in his bloody 20s. Yeah, late, 20s. late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The only thing that I thought was a bit different about him in this episode is that he is intentionally screwing over Kramer. Oh, he is, yeah. You know, like, he's a bit of a slimy, uh, like, wheeler and dealer. Mm, He likes likes getting away with stuff and being a bit of a worm. But he never does it to Kramer. He's always loyal to Kramer. Because Kramer's, you know, Kramer's the one who treats him with the most respect. So, the fact that he's intentionally screwing him over instead of getting off on it was a bit... Bit out of character, a little bit, but I think this is before like all the get rich quick schemes that they yeah. do together and stuff. I think they probably built a bond,
0: you know, that's throughout true. the series. Um, but yeah, I get your point, and I love how I love how Jerry said, "Oh, is that does that radar detector work?" And Kramer's nah. like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, he just I love screws because how... he
1: knows Newman's going to screw him over. Yeah, so it's yeah, crazy. he's one step ahead of uh, yeah Newman, thinks oh, Newman. He's got yeah. it over Kramer, but <laughs> that's right. Kramer's in control the whole time. In control the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good. Nah. But
0: I think like Newman, obviously, he's more involved in the ticket. Obviously, that's the yeah. name sake you know his thing and i guess we'll talk about him more in uh you know him trying to get out of a 75 dollar ticket yep
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that scene in the courtroom is great it's when he's great. sweating and
0: <laughs> you wanted to be a banker
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you talking about? You were trying banger, to.
0: You know. Bango. You know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. No, he's really good at names. Yeah, he's next good. week's episode. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, do you have anything else about any other secondaries?
0: No, that's it for me. Um, yeah, I guess next week we'll talk about the judge and the ticket and uh, maybe yep. a couple of other. Yeah, and we'll talk about uh, that cop uh, as well uh, at Monks, who, tr- yep. you know, Jerry tries to get him to escort yep. him out. But, uh, you know, he has like three, you know, three course <laughs> <a> meal at Buddy. <laughs> Monks, <laughs> Yeah, in <laughs> yeah.
1: that situation, uh, we'll talk about it next week. Next week, yeah. yeah. I, I want to get your take next week on whether Jerry has a right to be upset. Yes, definitely. Even though he's asked definitely. a favour, yeah. should he allow time for the cop to eat? Probably. Think about that, and we'll talk about it next week.
0: Well, we've got a week to stew it over. That's, so that's it. Fine. And if uh, you stew it over. Uh, very good. Mm, very Let's good,
1: take another good. break, and uh, after that we'll find out where this episode fits in our ep- uh, top episodes of all time, and whether any of the secondaries sit in our top 20 secondary characters of all time. Yeah. What were you thinking? What was going on in your mind? artistic integrity? Well, where, where, where did you come up with that? You're not artistic, and you have no integrity. You know, you really need some help, but a, a regular psychiatrist couldn't even help you. You need to go to like Vienna or something. You know what I mean? You need to get involved at the university level like where Freud studied and have all those people looking at you and checking up on you, that's the kind of help you need. Not the once a week for 80 bucks. No, you need a team.
0: Welcome back. And, uh, yeah, today we spoke about Season 4, Episode three's The Pitch and uh, its secondary characters. Um, Now, Stephen, out of 102 episodes that we have reviewed, as well as its secondaries, where does The Pitch sit for you? It sits at number
1: 19. 19? Wow, quite high. I really like it. Yeah, 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 it's great. I don't think there's any weak... Scenes or storylines in the episode. Um, the only thing that doesn't make me rate it higher is the lack of Elaine. Oh yeah, I mean she's yeah. in. She's in a couple of episodes, but she's not really. Uh, was she pregnant during that time? Yeah, she was. So she was on maternity leave. Oh yeah, that's why. Um, but yeah, they needed to explain where she was, so I think they just got her in for one day to film those couple of scenes. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, I'd give. I'd probably give that an exception. Yeah, yeah, in that case.
1: Um, and I think she comes back in episode five or six. Yeah, after the ticket. I think so. Whatever the fifth episode of season 4 is i yeah, think yeah, she yeah. makes her return. She, she came back yeah. Yeah, but no, she was pregnant with uh, I think her first child. Her first her first boy, first yeah. son. Yeah, Yep. Um but yeah, I mean it but the 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 addition of Elaine would have made it better because Elaine's great. Yeah. But the lack of Elaine doesn't make it worse. Does no, that make it doesn't. Sense? No, no. I yeah, think it, it does, would have it worked,
0: like it worked without her anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the lack of an Elaine storyline allowed them to elaborate a bit more on the other storylines. That's right. And, and also
0: develop the arc as well. Yeah. Because that's the
1: beginning of the yeah, season. Ah, yeah, because each episode's you know, 22 odd minutes and there's not a lot of room for development. Um, and yeah, I think it gave him a bit more breathing room and a bit more room to introduce some other secondaries as well that would become, you know, stables like Joe mm-hmm. and Russell and yep. all the rest. So, Susan. Susan. Of course. Um, yeah. And just the fact that it's a meta episode. George is on fire in this episode. Oh, he is, yeah. Jerry's yeah. probably at his snarky best in this episode. Yeah. Like, he's just giving line after line after line. That
0: pitch meeting scene, like I said, is one of my favourite yeah. scenes in Seinfeld. Yeah. It's just really well done. Yeah,
1: Jerry's yeah. at his, like, sarcastic, I'm-gonna-fuck-with-everyone-around-me best. Yeah. And I love it. Um, Yeah, and Kramer and Newman are great. I, yeah, I think it's a really, really good episode. Yeah. And the start of... It, it kind of feels like the show is at a new level. That's right. I mean, right. obviously, the ratings uh at this time were, you know, went to another level. They probably got a lot more money. It was getting a lot of press coverage. Like the hot, you know, Seinfeld was blowing up Mm, and the show kind of matched that hype. Definitely. Um, Yeah, and they pulled it off. They did really well. What about you?
0: Uh, For me, number 36. Okay. Really good episode. Um, I actually like the ticket more. Yeah. um, Like we should do it next week. I haven't rated it yet, but uh, no, the pitch is really good. Yeah, like I said, that meeting scene was really fun. Um, Yeah, great. Great character development all around, um yeah, I love how George is just you know screws up the first meeting and <laughs> Jerry really gives it to him in in monks and uh yeah, and then we see Crazy Joe DiVola, you know kick Kramer in the head off screen, and uh yeah, really it it leads into the next episode, and also the uh, that's the genesis of Joe and the other secondary characters that feature prominently in season four, yep, it's great. Really, really good. Anyway, any uh secondary characters make your list? No. What about you? Uh no, I don't think any secondaries are in my list at the moment from previous apps Oh, just Susan's at number five. But uh, I rated her like a long time ago. Yeah, no, Susan
1: yeah. is uh, I think five or six for me. Yeah, I've she's got my list in front of me. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I do want to give an honorable mention to uh Stu though. I really like Stu. Yeah, I, I know, like Stu. I think, as think he's well. like even though he's like a corporate executive wanker sort of like you know <laughs> yeah. sort of looks like a bit of a yuppie like yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. cringy guy i think he's like i like the idea of someone wanting to like change things from the inside he's on the money yeah and you i know, think he, yeah. i think he really values like art he you know, values art, to, Yeah, he's like well i've got to make money but can we make money but also deliver shows that actually have a bit of value yeah. and he likes being edgy too he likes yeah. to try different things
0: and also jay i guess is kind of an extension of him so yeah. i like jay as well yeah yeah cool yeah
1: Awesome. Yeah, honourable mention to them. Indeed. But they're not grumpy old Ben, so they no, they're not on my list. They're like they're like they're like positive, young cheerful. Dudes. Yeah. Positive Gen
0: X's. Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
1: Cool. All right, that's it for another episode of
0: But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Thank you so much for listening to us. We love getting your messages, your emails, your tweets, your everything. We are on all those social media platforms. You can send us an email uh, at podcast at gmail.com and uh, links to all of those are in the show notes. If you want to support us financially, you can subscribe to Patreon for a dollar or two US per month and get some goodies uh, or if you just want to make a one-off donation to support us, uh, PayPal. Uh, all those links, again, are in the show notes. My name's ivan and i'm Stephen. and next week we are doing season four episode four the tickets uh usually these episodes are in random order but uh seeing as this is technically one hour long episode we thought let's just do the ticket why not why not can't wait yeah that'd be great until then until then we will see you then bye bye <laughs>